Hello and welcome to this Monday afternoon episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Happy Martin Luther King Day to everyone. Um, follow my Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. Uh, we have a lot to get to today. Of course, last time we talked to you all, when I talked to you all, it was uh, late Friday night after the uh, Penguins uh, 2-1 overtime win against the Detroit Red Wings. Um, of course, they had the day off on Saturday. Then yesterday, there was the big game against Boston, the massive comeback, the potential argument can be made that this was the, the best Penguin win of the, the season. I could definitely see it. Obviously, the stuff with Matt Murray and the Bronx cheering, we'll get to all that. But first off, I apologize for not getting everyone's um, mailbag questions um, on the episode on Friday. I was too premature, and um, I didn't probably wait long enough to um, basically um, – just answer them, but you know we're going to get to that in today's episode, and also in later in today's episode, we're going to talk with Ariel Melendez of Puck Rep Philadelphia and a fan side where she's going to help preview the um, the Flyers Penguins uh, that will happen tomorrow night in Philadelphia. This will be the second of four meetings between the Penguins and the Flyers. Of course, the Penguins absolutely whooped the Flyers earlier in the season by a score of I think it was like seven to one or something. They put up a touchdown on them, but I think tomorrow's game will be a lot closer considering it's in Philly. And, um, of course, uh, Sidney Crosby will get booed. But, you know, a lot of great stuff to get to. But, you know, let's just start it off uh, by talking about the game against the Bruins. Um, obviously, um, not a good start by the Penguins for any means. Good to go down 3 nothing, allowing uh, a goal, not even 15 seconds into the game. Um, you know, that run really wasn't on Matt Murray. I think Jack Johnson really just lost his man for some reason. He cut to the middle of the ice. Bergeron with a really nice snipe over Murray. Um, I really don't think a lot of goaltenders saved that puck. I'm going to die on that hill. And that's that. Um, the second goal, um, I think Murray's going to want to have that one back. I don't think that was a particularly, like, um, a really, really, really good shot. Murray definitely should have had that. I think I blame him mostly on that. And then the third goal, of course, Jack Johnson's in the wrong spot at the wrong time. And he scores on his own goalie. So not only did Jack Johnson score on his own goalie yesterday, he also scored a short-handed goal for the Penguins. And we'll get to that in a bit. But um, I do want to say now that after allowing the three goals, you know, you, you look at Twitter. You know, you, you know, right after you know, the, the one puck comes in on net, you hear all this Bronx cheering. And um, my thoughts on that: it's just come on, people, Pittsburgh fans that did that, be better. Uh, I think it's a joke. That you give a goaltender like that Bronx cheers, especially a goaltender who's brought this team, helped bring this team to Stanley Cups. Um, I know he's had a bit of a rough patch this year, especially in November and December. Um, he went through a little bit of a rough patch last year, but really turned it on when he came back. Matt Murray deserves better than that. And um, I hope you all get the chance to read Rob Rossi's article in The Athletic, where Evgeny Malkin just absolutely slams the team and basically said, you know what? We do that. That shit happens in Philadelphia, not Pittsburgh. And you know, I mean, it was. I liked that the team was was sticking up for him. They didn't just say, "Oh yeah, whatever." You know that that shit happens. They actually were pretty upset about it. And you know, I think people have also overreacted to it a little bit. Like, I mean, I just we don't need to go so so far with it. But still, um, you know. A lot of these Penguin fans that I think do that and they boo Matt Murray, you know, these are probably some of the same people that just come over from Heinz Field and they boo Ben, they boo ben Roethlisberger there every time he throws a pick, you know, or he just throws a bad pass, you know. And, you know, I just feel like they don't represent um, a lot of the really good portions of this Penguin fan base. I know um, a lot of this fan base can be uh, toxic at times, but there's the portions in every fan base that is toxic. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury never, uh, never really got – 
like that kind of shit from Penguins fans, you know, I, I, which is I don't understand that. If Tristan Jari was in it yesterday, does he get that same Bronx cheer? No, no, he doesn't because it's the same old Murray and Flurry bullcrap that we've had for the past three years now. It's just it's annoying already. It's stupid. I mean, you know, people need to be objective about this, and it's just it's it's annoying that you know people can't be objective about you know evaluating Matt Murray's play. Yes, he's been bad for a, a bunch of this season, but throughout so far in January, he's really started to pick it up. Rob Rossi put a really good graphic in his article today about Matt Murray and how his high danger save percentage is up this month. His overall save percentage has been up this month. Josh Getzoff had a tweet yesterday where Matt Murray has just been locked down in the third period of every game. Um, going back to his last five, six, seven games. Um, and you know what? After that first period yesterday, he bounced back in a big, big way. He helped them win the game. I think he had 24 saves in the final two periods. That is what a number one goaltender does. He shakes off all that crap, especially with the Bronx cheers. And you know what? He helped will the team to win with the help of Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin going apeshit, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, Penguin fans overall, be better than that, you know? It's just, it's just, it's enough. It's exhausting to see this constant Murray bashing and the Murray Flurry crap that uh, this all goes around. But and, and if you know what, if you like Mark Andre Flurry so much, you know, just, just go root for him. Who who cares? Just come on, you know. I just it's whatever at this point. But I just want to get that off my chest. Get is it really um, disappoint me? But you know what? We don't need to really like just keep talking about it and overreact. The team is playing insanely well. And you know what? That's that. They were able to roll themselves to a comeback yesterday. Sidney Crosby was absolutely unbelievable. Um, his pass to Simone was almost like a no-look. Simone was in the right place, kind of side net, where you can easily get the goal, makes it 3-1. Crosby behind the between the legs pass to uh, Teddy Bluger, who made a really, really nice move on Yarsov Lock to make it 3-2. That's, I think, eight points now for Crosby in the uh, four games that he's come back, just completely on another level. And that's Teddy Bluger's seventh goal of the season. He's just been phenomenal. Uh, I just I can't say good enough things about him. And then, of course, the tying goal, Jack freaking Johnson gets the shorthanded goal. He, uh, he slapped that puck pretty good. Uh, he doesn't really shoot the puck enough, but... That was a nice shot. I'll give him that, even though he had a pretty bad game overall up until that point. They just got to get him off the top pairing. And then, of course, the fourth goal for the Penguins, um, Evgeny Malkin. Just a gorgeous play on uh, Charlie McAvoy to, to basically, like, a nice little check on him, separate him from the puck, lift his stick right to Brian Russ, and then Brian Russ just rips it past Halak. Halak really just had no idea where the puck was. He was just, I think he was like still looking at the back of the net when Russ fired that puck, and Brian Russ was able to get his 21st goal of the season. It is still pretty crazy to believe that Brian Rust is at over 20 goals now. He's going to, like I said, he's going to get over 30 to 40. But, yeah, this was a hell of a comeback win for the Penguins. I did not see this coming, especially with the way it started. But, you know, they proved that they can play with the Bruins. They've played with them in two of the three games this year. And what a playoff series that would really be, everyone. Um, I just, I can't wait to um, to, to watch them. Uh, I mean, I just can't wait to see how far both of these teams go. And shout out to actually Matt Gatka, um, who's um, one of my favorite writers in Pittsburgh. Um, he used to write, cover the Penguins for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Um, he was also... Um, I actually, one of my editors for one of the first sites I started writing out for, City of Champion Sports, he wrote a great article today about, you know, this would be like the last big check off the box with 
Um, you know, the Penguins in the Cross Malkin era is, you know, just beating the Bruins in the playoffs. And that's like the one rival that they haven't beaten. And what a story that would be to, you know, beat them and then maybe go on to a potential Stanley Cup run. I think that would be um, absolutely just awesome. But Boston's going to have to get through Tampa, who Tampa's just been on another world level right now. Penguins are going to have to probably get through potentially the Islanders, though the Islanders have been faltering a lot lately. And, of course, they will definitely, I think, have to get through the Washington Capitals. But I think that will be a really fun uh, seven-game series between the Penguins and the Bruins. A lot of star talent, obviously, on both teams. Tukarask in Boston, you know, Matt Murray hopefully rejuvenated with a good, really good insurance plan interest in Jari, who's been outstanding. I think it will be a lot of fun. And um, yesterday's game was just a lot of fun to watch. And, um, yeah, I, I just I loved it. Also, one more thing. Kelly Sutherland and Francois Saint Laurent, that was probably one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen in my life. Please do so much better than that garbage, that absolute garbage of officiating that was on display yesterday. There were more than probably two or three instances in this game where players on both teams were just kind of tackling each other and wrestling around, interference, and just it's going on for like 10 to 15 seconds. Kelly Sutherland is just sta- putting his hands on his hips like being a t- disappointed at his 5 to 10-year-old son that's doing something bad. It's like, dude, call a freaking penalty. Like, I don't understand why the officiating is where it's at right now, but the, the Angel can do so much better than that crap. And then, of course, they called a phantom penalty in the third period against the Penguins, and it may ignore stuff like, you know, Chris Letang, you know, slapping a, um, a Bruins stick out of his hand, Bruins players interfering, uh, Brad Marchand doing something to Chris Letang. Um, don't, I just don't, I don't get it. And you know what? Be so much better than that NHL officiating because that was a disgrace to watch. And also, I loved how Eddie Olchek was just like basically saying, oh, well, yeah, this has been great officiating. It's like, this is the NHL's broadcast leader and you're defending this bunch of garbage? Uh, it just, it grinds my gears to see that. It makes me mad. But you know what? Um, I, it's just, it's whatever at this point. But yeah, I wanted to get off that, get that off my chest before I'm going into the next segment where we'll do some mailbag questions and um, we'll have... Uh, Ariel Melendez on uh, for the last um, two segments of this uh, show. All right, so welcome back, everyone, um, to this episode of Locked on Penguins. Um, So I guess we'll go back into the uh, mailbag questions now. Uh, Again, I apologize for not getting them out on Friday evening. That's my fault. Makes me look like an idiot, though I already am an idiot most of the time in my life. So you know what? Let's just get uh, started. Uh, Nicole Giordano, she asked, why is your girlfriend so cute? Um, well, you know, you're just that beautiful because you always are. And um, you are truly one of the um, great things I think has come into my life. And um, even though you're a Capitals fan, maybe we'll go to Penguins Capitals if I come back for the Super Bowl, though. I'll be here. Hopefully I don't have um, class um, to do too much work do that next day, but maybe I'll come back. But, uh, Nicole, you're awesome. Uh, I love you. And uh, I hope that um, – you know, you have a safe ride home today, and you have a great fun at the uh, concert tonight, wherever you go. But um, also, the, um, I hope the Capitals lose uh, tomorrow night with whoever they am. Actually, no, I don't think the Capitals play tomorrow night. I think they're on their uh, bye week now. My, um, they're not their bye with the All-Star break. I, I don't think they play Tuesday or Wednesday, so that's my fault. But you know what? Whatever. Um, up next, um, let's see here. Um, Latang Colt, could you see John Denver <laughs> going home at the deadline? Um, Jeff, Jesus, uh, that is a very, very funny question. Uh, can I see John Denver going home at the deadline? Um, no, no, I, I, I uh, well, you know, he already is home cause he's up in the, uh, 
You know, he's up in the heavens right now playing the god-awful song that is Country Roads. Um, I absolutely cannot, as you all know, um, I absolutely hate that song. I think it's so bad. Um, I know it's played in, in West Virginia University at their football games, and I know it's played across NHL Arena sometimes, but I just I can't stand that song, and I just, it's just, it's bad. But you know what? Thank you, Jeff, for that question. That was really, really funny. Um, next up we have, um, let's go take a look here. Clark, King Clarky, when is Zucker getting announced? Uh, of course, that refers to Jason Zucker of the Minnesota Wild. I hope any day now. You know, I want Jason Zucker very, very badly. Um, now, especially with more injuries. Dominic Simone is back, though, but Justin Schultz is coming back, it looks like, tomorrow night. But Dominic Cahoon is now also out with a concussion. But with the break coming up, I think Jim Rutherford will probably want to wait a little bit. But you know what, uh, Clark? Hopefully any time now. You know, that would be... Um, that would be that would be very much needed. Um, Nate Nate uh, Reigns underscore forty two. What assets players do you think we would give up in order to get Jason Zucker? What would be your ideal trade for him? All right. So, what assets and players do you, do I think we could give up to get in? That's that's a good one. I think I think they may have to give up their first round pick at least. Um, also, I think Jason Zucker has term left on his contract. Can look it up right now, cap friendly, to see his um, how much term he has left. Um, so after the season, he has three more years left at five point five million per. So this would be, I think, a strict hockey deal. This is going to be a rental, but I still think that you could probably. You may have to give up your first round pick. Uh, maybe a roster player. I could see them uh, potentially giving up a roster player such as um, Nick Bukestad. Um, maybe a prospect, but obviously then I could trade Poulin, Addison, P.O. Joseph. My ideal trade for him, you know, maybe give up a first-round pick. Someone like Nick Bukestad, um, who I really don't know if he really fits that much anymore, though I think he's getting closer to return. And then <clears throat> maybe maybe such as like a maybe a B-level prospect. Um, obviously not one of the Penguins' top A prospects that I would um, want to uh, trade for someone else. But, I mean, I really, really want them to trade them for anyone else anyways i don't know what the hell i'm saying but i think something along those lines um i'd be curious i, I know billy garen is open for business i'd be curious i'd want to know the asking price on zucker before um i could also make um, maybe an even better package for him because there's not really a lot of info out there right now about what the um the trade packet the, the price is for someone like jason zucker or if he's even available but I, i'm sure he will be considering that the wilder Falling out of playoff race, and right now the deadline five weeks away. So you know, hopefully there, there's some trade talk that starts ramping up soon as teams try to figure out um, what they're doing um, going into uh, the deadline, and you know, do whether they want to tank this season. You know, maybe just you know keep going. There's still probably uh, there'll be I think there's usually about 20 games after the deadline. Um, of course. Um, Oh, stupid, these stupid text notifications, but whatever. But still, um, there's still, I think, a lot of teams that really just haven't made up their decision yet. But still, I think that would be um, really, really, I think that package maybe around Bukestad and a first-round pick and another prospect I think would be um, maybe a decent package, but I'd, I'd be willing to add um, more to it considering I just, I think Jason Zucker is really, really, really good. Also, everyone, this basically just goes out to um, some advertisers. But um, if you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard of all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Penguins is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Penguins fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with the Penguins fans and predominantly 
uh, and just a good audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. So with that said, um, so we now welcome um, Ariel Melendez from Pucker Up Philadelphia and Fansided. I think that's where she writes now for covering the Flyers. Of course, the Penguins and the Flyers will play for the second time tomorrow night, as I talked about earlier in the episode. Ariel, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Um, this is I thought this was the first time they were playing. Did I forget a matchup? They played, I think, way earlier. I think around November, I think the Penguins put up a touchdown on the Flyers, I think, in Pittsburgh it was. Oh, maybe maybe that's why I forgot about it. Yeah, of course. I mean, I, I probably would if I were that too. But, um, Ariel, how, how have the Flyers um, been for the most part this season? I'll just catch up the listeners with um, how they're doing. I obviously know they're in the playoff race, but it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty tight race down there, I would say. Yeah, thing, things are really tight in the Metropolitan and in the wild card itself. I know there are a lot of teams fighting for that, fighting for the two wild card spots and even the third spot in the Metropolitan Division. I know the Islanders, mm-hmm. Columbus, Carolina, Flyers. I think even the Panthers might be pretty close in the race. I, I'm not sure about them, so to speak, but the Flyers are a weird team. They They go on these good streaks and they go on these bad streaks, so you're not really sure what team you're going to get. Um, they've been doing pretty well recently. I mean, they were able to beat three of the top teams in the league, uh, you know, in the Capitals, Blues, um, and Bruins. And then, you know, they kind of put up a, a dud of a game against the Canadians. Um, but they kind of got back on track against the Kings. So they're, they're feeling probably pretty good right now. Um, and, and, you know, they'll get up for this game against Pittsburgh. They, they always do every time, no matter no matter their circumstances. So it, it should be a good game, but it, it all depends on what Flyers team you're going to get in this one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, mean, I did see they had the big comeback, I think, against the Bruins. I think that was the second time the Bruins blew a three-goal lead, I think, in the span of a week, which is um, pretty interesting. And then I did saw the win against Washington. And then, yeah, I think I did see the, the game, uh, that the Canadians game. I think that was when Ilya Kovalchuk, um, I think, just keeps scoring. for some uh, Somehow he just keeps doing this. I don't understand how, but... Um, I think a lot of flyer, uh, a lot of people like want to ask, like you know, is, how, how's Carter Hart doing? You know, it's his first full season. Um, do you think that they potentially um, rushed him a little bit up here, or do you think that he's been mostly fine for the season? And he just he keeps going upwards. I I don't think there there was any rush in bringing him up at the time. I mean, when Ron Hextall was here, he was, he was very patient, not only with Carter Hart but with kind of every prospect. And I know a lot of Flyers fans didn't really like how patient he was. At times, but I think kind of the way Hart had started off in Lehigh Valley, he, he kind of struggled for a while, and I think it was good for him to get those struggles out, you know, especially coming out of the WHL as top goaltender like every season. So, you know, it, it was kind of good to get the growing pains out, and then he comes up here and kind of, I don't want to say lights the league on fire, but he did have a really good stretch to start his career. And, and this season, he, he's been pretty much as advertised as well. Um, right now they are missing him a little bit. Um, he he is going to be out a couple weeks, um, with an abdominal issue. So right now they are going to be riding Brian Elliott, which mm-hmm. up and down, you know, sometimes in his career. This season he seems to have kind of been a better goaltender than he had in the past. Um, and they'll have Alex Lyon as well. But 
it's going to be Elliot riding it for most of the time. But I don't think there was any rush in heart. I, I think they just kind of wanted him to get his feet wet in Lehigh Valley and, you know, get all those kinks out, kind of face professional hockey for a little bit. I, I think he's been just fine. I don't, I don't think there's any cause for concern, especially on the road, as he's had some struggles on the road. But it also, the team in front of him, wasn't necessarily playing well yeah. on the road as well. So I don't I don't think there's any cause for concern with Hart, but they are certainly going to miss him, most likely especially in, in the Penguins game. Yeah, I, I actually forgot that they um, they announced that he's out. I think it was, you said, two to three weeks with that injury. Probably takes him um, a little bit uh, into the All-Star break, and then probably um, next week, I think, when the Penguins will play, coming out of their bye week, they'll play the Flyers at home. So the, their next both the next two games will be against the Flyers. So they may not have to face Carter Hart. In um, both those games, but you know, I mean, just I, I always like to look at the lineups, you know, before these games, and of course, uh, you know, I, I am really, uh, I've been curious to see how Kevin Hayes would do with the team, considering they signed him to that um, pretty substantial contract that um, a lot of people, I, I would say, laughed at over the all season, considering you know it was a little bit pricey, but it looks like that he's had a really, really good start to his Flyers tenure this year. Yeah, that contract got got a lot of people talking uh, about maybe an overpay um, in a way, especially. Um, but but the Flyers were were clearly after Hayes when when they first traded for at least his rights from Winnipeg to kind of give them that little bit of stretch of time to maybe talk to him, see what he wanted, see what the team wanted, and and maybe things didn't start off great. Uh, and a lot of people kind of continue to laugh at the contract, but he brings a lot more to the table than just points. Um, he's, he's been a really good on the penalty kill. He, he's kind of helped shore up that unit. Um, you know, when he's playing with guys like Sean Couturier and Scott Lone on the, on the penalty kill, and they've, and they've been a really good unit. And I mean, I think he's got at least two or three shorthanded goals, um, as a part of that unit. So he, he brings more than just I know I said he brings more than points, and then talked about points, but he he kind of brings that leadership aspect. And when you when you see the videos, um, the Flyers post the NHL post, he's got a nickname I think for every single guy on the team. Um, so he's kind of that guy in the locker room that lightens things up. You know, he's always talking. You know, he's kind of like connecting that way, always chirping, always talking. But he kind of brings all the guys together. I, I think, and that's a really important aspect for a team that's really young. Uh, a lot of these guys are in their mid-20s, and, and a lot of their top guys are in their mid-20s, you know, aside from the guys like Drew and, and Borchick. You look at the guys like Couturier, Konechny, Provorov, mm-hmm. a lot of young guys on this team. And it's funny to think that Couturier is still young, but but he is still in his mid-20s. So having the guy like Kevin Hayes, especially another centerman, to kind of take responsibilities away and kind of just what he brings overall to the team, I think he's been a really good um aspect to this team and he is starting to score a little bit more which obviously is a positive when you give a guy a contract like that you're gonna need to see the points at some point I think they really are starting to show up on the score sheet but he overall he just brings a lot more to the table than just uh just the score yeah absolutely and of course you know he centers um looks like he centers Drew this year and then Konechny and then they, they, you can just you can move Couturier down who I've always, you know, I've always been a big fan of Voracek. Um, ben, and then you can also move Van Reevesdyke down, which I think he has been. And then um, I, I always one of the, the players that I actually have really always loved watching on the Flyers is probably Ivan Provorov. I think he's always been probably one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. I think he's going to be a stud for many years, and um, it's good that he's on the top pairing this season because you know he definitely deserves that. Um, 
And, you know, playing with Matt Niskin, I mean, it's fine. You know, Niskin, he's not obviously what he once was, but, I mean, I just – watching um, just pro overall play, is just, it's something really to behold. Yeah, and you're pretty much saying the exact same things Flyers fans would say about pro overall. He had a little bit of a struggle last season, but, it, it, you know, it wasn't just him. But he was gonna he was going to go through that at some point, especially playing – you know, the minutes that he does each game playing upwards of like 20-some minutes each game, he, he's going to go through those those struggles. But he seemed to kind of turned it around again this season. I mean, there was no cause for concern. It's early in his career. He's, what, like 21 years old maybe, mm-hmm. somewhere somewhere around there. Um, so he was going to go through some struggles. But, yeah, playing with Matt Niskan, I think, especially has helped because I know I keep saying veteran presence, but that really can play a big role in a guy's career, especially someone as young as Pro Rob, who plays those heavy minutes, having a guy like Niskin, who's been around the block a couple times, knows what he's doing, you know, knows knows where to be, knows what to do, is really going to help someone like Pro Rob in the future, even though he's kind of already up there in terms of some of the top young defensemen in the league. But you kind of are saying everything that Flyers fans have been saying about Pro Rob since he first came into the league. Oh, well, at least, I, at least I have that going for me when I talk about the Flyers. That's just one, probably one of the nicer things that I can um, <laughs> honestly say. But um, overall, do you think, do you see them getting in? Do you see them getting one of those two wild card spots or potentially getting third without the Islanders have just been um, completely in free fall right now? The Penguins have just really separated themselves from that, from all those teams trying to make a run at the um, the Capitals. I do think so. Uh, maybe I'm being overly optimistic because it, it is still, it's not early, but it's still January. You still got a couple months to figure things out, and especially with how close things have been in the entire league, especially a lot of teams separated by like a point, two points. Um, I do think they get in. I think they are a better team this year, mm-hmm. especially with some of those additions, you know, bringing in Hayes, Niskanen, even Justin Braun has been a good addition on defense and, and, you know, getting career years from a guy like Travis Konecki, who this team never really had that sniper that they needed. And he's kind of turning into that this season and just kind of a mix of, of everything else. I don't want to go down every single, um, every single part of this line because that might take a while, but I, I think they are a better team this year than they, than they have been, but they need to figure out the road. They, they need to figure out these struggles on the road and they need to, it's hard to stop playing down the competition is really the way you have to put it, like especially that game against Montreal and on the West Coast, those games where we don't even really want to talk about those games anymore <laughs> because of how bad that trip was. But if they're able to kind of figure things out like that, I, I think they can get in. I, I think it probably is going to be the wild card, unless the Islanders really do free fall the rest of the season like they have been. I don't think they're quite going to grab that number three spot. I think that's going to be a fight, maybe even between Columbus and the Islanders. Yeah, they're coming. Columbus has been really interesting this season. Yeah, when you think about what they lost and what they've been able to piece together, especially with their goaltending, losing a guy like Bobrovsky obviously is a huge is a huge loss for that team. You know, not being able to bring guys like Panarin back and you know other top guys they lost. But I think they're going to be a team that the Flyers are, are going to be fighting for that wild card spot. Like I said, I don't think they're going to grab the third spot in the Metropolitan. I, I think, like I said, unless the Islanders really do continue to just fall down on the list, they still do hold that spot, I believe. I think they do get in, though. I, I don't I don't know how far they'll get, depending on you know where we are at the end of the season and if they do decide to make any moves. Um, but I, I do see them getting in probably on the wild card spot. 
Yeah, I think they're probably. I think they'll get one of the two wild card spots. I think Carolina honestly is probably going to get the other because I think Carolina is just too good to you know not play this bad. I know they they've had some uh, problems with um, their goaltending sometimes and whatever, but you know I think they're too good. And yeah, Columbus is that, that's been a heck of a story. You know that's just I think the main key with them is you know you don't you don't pay a premium for just goaltending, and you know what they didn't do that and. You know they're they're reaping the rewards right now, and they're making a case to potentially seriously get into that third spot in the Metro. Considering the Islanders of them, like you said, have just been, you know, free falling a little bit. But yeah, I do think the Flyers will. I think they'll get in. They'll play one of Boston, Tampa, if Tampa leapfrogs them, or Washington, Pittsburgh. Considering Pittsburgh's now making a run, and the at the Metro. But um, Ariel, I'm really looking forward to this game tomorrow night. Uh, right game right before the All Star break. The Penguins, and I'm obviously also going to look forward to the game right after the All Star break. After the Penguins bye week, as they um, will get ten days off between these two two games, which is uh, pretty crazy to think about. I did not realize that their bye week came um, right after the All Star break. But um, Ariel, thank you so much for coming on uh, today's episode. It was a lot of fun to hear about how the Flyers are doing and just talk about um, just just talk about the, the, all, all this as a whole. I really appreciate it. Not a problem, and, and I I expect to be back on next week. Yes, yeah, so you probably, two weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, probably, week and a half. I don't know yeah, how you, many you, Flyers fans you know. Yeah, you probably you probably will be. You know, maybe we'll talk about um, some of the best moments of the rivalry um, as we didn't get a chance to do that today. So we'll probably do that um, in next week's and um, next yeah next week's episode leading up to that game. So um, thank you guys so much for listening, and we will talk to you uh, tomorrow.